0: Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. I believe that that's where we're at right now. We want to make sure that we don't forfeit the blessings we have. Being neglectful, Taking things for granted. I promise you guys, if you take your wife for granted, wow, well, that went real big. All the, all the ladies ought to be making me a homemade apple pie after church. You cannot take your, your family for granted. You can't take your privileges for granted. You can't take your rights in Christ for granted. You can't take none of that for granted. If you don't, the devil steals it from you. And uh, we're grateful that Trey and was able to go with buddy and and we see that that things you know they just keep right on moving. That's important to remember you need to keep right on moving. Amen. Amen? Amen. So we're grateful that uh, that Trey got to go and we're gonna have some more connections with that later on at a different time. maybe next year we'll do some things a little bit differently and we'll have a bigger bigger, bigger uh, testimony about it and uh, they were able to there were people in the region and when I say region I'm talking about probably a 60 mile radius they were traveling for 3 and 4 hours just to get there and we can travel you know 60 miles some of you may be here from 60 miles today I don't know And uh, so we don't need to take that for granted. We need to thank God. Amen. Let's say thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Now, Lord, we thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. We give you the praise and thanksgiving. We thank you, Father. We put our conceived ideas out of the way. We want the entrance of your word to bring understanding. Lord, I thank you right now. We open our hearts and clear our minds. We thank you, Father God, right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you give me clear thought and accurate words to convey understanding. We thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus that none of us are going to leave here the way we came. We thank you, Lord, that while the ministering of the word goes forth, there will be healing available. There will be peace and wisdom. We thank you, Lord, the answer to every situation is your word. Now speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. We give you the praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. I want to make one announcement uh, to anybody here and make it available also to those that are on live stream. And if you just make sure that you contact the church office, we'll make sure. For new believers particularly, we have a little handbook called the New Believers Handbook. In this New Believer's Handbook, if you just recently, or if you give your heart to Jesus today, uh, the next step is you need to find out what the next steps are. And you need guidance. A baby doesn't know what to do. And you're born into the kingdom of God, not, not knowing what to do. You just know something happened when you made Jesus the Lord of your life. And many times, we've abandoned New Believers on doorsteps. Well, shout me down. And uh, we, we need to make sure we don't do that. So this New Believers Handbook gives you eight weeks of next steps. And uh, you need to take it each week and, and apply it. And as you do, you start getting, you get you get your spiritual legs, you know what I mean? How many of you have ever been wobbly? Let me rephrase that. You've all been wobbly, you just don't remember... When you were learning how to walk, you were wobbly, right? This helps you to get your spiritual legs in, in establishment so you can walk the walk of faith. So we want to make this available. If you're here today, make Jesus the Lord of your life or you're a new believer, you can get one of these in the lobby. If you're viewing by live stream would like one of these as a new believer then we want to put one in your hand you can email us and we'll be glad to uh, get this to you you need this handbook amen All right, I want to make that plain to you now we've been talking about some things that I believe that will be very important we've been talking about the law of divine order and there is a divine order Jesus came to put things in order. Adam and Eve, through through the fall of the uh, through their fall, uh, by listening to the lies of the devil. How many of you ever listened to a lie? Believed it? If you don't raise your hand, I don't. Nobody intended to believe a lie. We were just presumptuous that you know. My daddy was that way. He, just, he was just presuming that every, assuming that everybody that talked to him was telling the truth. And uh, sometimes he, it, it, my dad had this attitude. You showed up to church, you're a believer. You know what I mean? He, just, he, he took that face value. And a lot of times people show up just to trick those that are gullible. I'll just move right along right now. Anyway, there's been many times my dad's been caught. God would come to church, and uh, he, he, I'll never forget this one guy. He came to church. He came several weeks, and, and uh, he always looked prosperous. He had a big old cell phone. That Cell phones is what we're talking about. He drove up in a big black Lincoln, and he wanted to vi- visit my dad all the time. He visited my mom and dad. Now, my mom didn't like it too much. Because that all meant that mom's gonna fix supper. Most people (laughs) most people knew that. But he 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 how would I say it? I wanna be gentle here, because my dad was a very loving individual. And he just assumed people's motives and thoughts and intentions was pure just because they showed up to church regularly and they're not always that way. Shout me down. And uh, anyway, he tried to get my dad into a business deal, and this guy happened to be, or he said, let me put it that way, he was in the oil business. And uh, I found out about it one day, and I went out there. In fact, I went out to see Mom and Dad, and he happened to be there. And he knew what I did was did a background check. I did some investigation, talked to a couple of attorneys, and this guy was a clown. I don't know why I'm telling you the story. Maybe somebody needs to hear it. And uh, so what he, what he did is he got my dad. He got, he, back when I'm talking about, he tried to get my dad to invest $1,500, and dad did. And he gave him some paperwork that wasn't registered with the railroad commission. So it was all fake. Took my dad for $1,500, which we found out later. But anyway, I came in there, and he said, "Roddy, I, I don't, you know, he greeted me, and he, he just kind of blunt, he said, I don't think you like me too much. I said, I, it's not a matter whether I like you. I just like to verify information. I'm not stupid. And uh, anyway, make a long story short, that guy wound up, getting killed later on, actually with a gunshot uh, a few years later. And the woman he was bringing to church with him wasn't his wife. And so all of those things you need to understand. I am a, Zon and I both are no-nonsense preachers. I ain't interested in how loud you can shout. I'm interested in how straight you walk. Okay? And uh, so when I challenge people, I know that it is a challenge. And sometimes people get, you know, Zona's challenged me something recently. uh, And, you know, to get a different view of it. And uh, I'll talk to you more about it later, woman. Don't... (laughs) Uh, But anyway, the point is, not every thought that comes to our head is the truth. Not every opinion that we have is the truth. The book of Hebrews chapter 4, I believe it's verse 12, says the word of God is alive, powerful, powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner. That's the point I want you to get. Is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. My heart, your heart, all of our hearts helps us to discern. So when we when we when we go in we go in to study the Bible and look at the Word of God. The Word of God is the instruction book to help us to discern. God knows that fallen human nature and that lifestyle is very messy deceiving and destructible and as a believer he gives us a written word listen carefully written instructions if you, can't, if you cannot follow written instructions more than likely you will not follow verbal instructions did you hear that? So God gives us absolutes. God is absolute. There's no variance in him. We're going to look at that in just a moment. There's no variance in him. And he's absolute. When God says something, he means what he says. He's not joking with you. He's not clowning with you. He's not taking it back. He is absolute. Now, what makes him absolute? He is truth. He is love. He is eternal. He knows the beginning from the end. He's omnipresent. If you begin to know the character of God and the attributes of God, then you can begin to discern some things. God is absolute. God has, in his word, written instructions to help you to discern every avenue, every aspect of your life. Too many people think that all God's goal was when he sent Jesus to the cross is so that you'd believe on him so that after you die, you go to heaven. And in the meantime, while you're here on earth, you just got to do the best you can. God wouldn't do that. He would be unjust to do that. And the Bible says he is just. That's one of his attributes. Now listen very carefully. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 31. I referred to this last Wednesday night. I'm going to refer to it today. The Bible says very plainly, And I will probably be paraphrasing it right here. That the just or the righteous is actually what it says. The righteous shall be, shall be, shall be recompensed in the earth. Okay? Recompensed. Where? In the earth. So he's not talking about when you get to heaven. Now, that word recompense means repay or pay or, or, or uh, you know, reward is another word that it means. And then he goes on to say, to finish up that verse, he makes a very straight statement. Much more the wicked and the sinner. Now, we'll make statements that are foolish, that are not biblical, such as, and the world wants you to think like this. The good guys always come in last. No good deed goes unpunished. Now, that's totally contrary to God and his word. God would be unjust to tell you to live righteously and not reward you or recompense you. And now the church because of foolishness when I say the church I'm talking about the church as a whole has the reward always after you die when that verse in Proverbs 11:31 is very plain you have to have stupid people to help you to misunderstand it It pays to live The right kind of life. And it pays to live the wrong kind of life. It depends on what kind of paycheck you want. Okay? Living the good life is living the life that God designed to give you. Now, I'm going to say this. It was a last statement I wrote in my notes, but I'm going to go ahead and put it up front. Then we're going to look at some scripture. I know you want to hear that. The life of Christ is not a denomination. Amen. Now, pay attention right here. A denomination could be your damnation. I'm not saying denominations are wrong. What I'm saying is the denomination didn't hang on the cross on. to give you the life. Of something they may or may not understand God has given his word and his word does not is not confined to a denomination some people worship their denomination more than they worship God and that's what's got the body of Christ in trouble It's got the body of true believers. There's there's probably true believers in every Christian denomination, but there's also those that have been deceived. You have to go to the Word of God. If, If there's a variance, it's not in God. The variance is in us. Are you following me? And you know what variance means here? It means fickleness. Fickleness. And so we have to have all of these things. And now, even when the church is called by God to unite around His Word to be something in the earth, the light of the world, we're too concerned about denomination. In fact... It's, let's we could divide it like this. It doesn't have to be just denomination. It can be those people that are older and those people that are younger. I've had older people that would rather hang on to unbelieving hymnals that contradict the Bible than to have any kind of modern music at all. Then I've seen those that are younger that blow off the older. Hello, shout me down now. Man, hallelujah. Good thing I'm not preaching for applause. <laughs> you see, the Word of God is absolute. What we have been seeing demonstrated for the last couple, couple of years, it's really been uh, escalating up into this point. What we've been seeing is God tearing down these things that have separated the body of Christ. What's going on in this nation and around the world from a political standpoint has to do with the church being absent on the battlefield. And why have we been absent? Because we've been battling each other, damning our own generation. Don't even know it. Don't even know it. Because it's it's a trick of the devil to get you sidetracked. And I know that I'm going to say things that's going to challenge you. If I don't challenge you, then all, you've, all we've become is nothing more than a partnership in a country club. And country clubs don't go to battle. They make backroom deals at the country club. There's so many Christians there. Oh, I'm going to move on. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's look here real quickly. Glory to God. Genesis chapter 1, I want to set a pace for you right here because we're going to talk about the law of liberty. Every system has laws that govern it, God works in systems. You got a solar system. That was the creation of God, and there are laws that govern it. One of the laws that help govern that system is the law of gravity. One law. Now, there are other laws. Then you have the the laws that govern your physical bodies. Okay? Those laws that govern your physical body are laws inside certain systems in your physical body. You violate those laws, and I promise you then that portion of your body is going to go into chaotic and it's going to have chaos and it's going to not function like the way it was supposed to function. Now listen very very carefully. I made a statement probably, I don't know, it was last year. In fact, this year, it's been a year since I've damaged my finger and had to have two operations on it to save my finger. And during that time, I made a statement while I'm up here having my hand, you know, in a cast and all bandaged up. Went on for months. Had to have several weeks of therapy and so on and so forth. I made a statement. I want to say this to you. God can forgive you for anything. But that doesn't mean If you violate a system in your body, that your body will forgive you. Now, pay attention right here. You violate the laws that govern that system in your body, God can forgive you. And if so many people want forgiveness. They get forgiveness and go right back out and violate that same system again. They want to know what's wrong. Whew. Told you I was going to challenge you. People think that, that, that what I when I get up here that I'm trying to be condemning. I'm not trying to be condemning. Quite the contrary. I want you to walk in the spirit of freedom. You know what's better than healing? Health. But do you know what? Christians never believe for health. They always believe for healing. Okay? You know what healing is, don't you? It's fixing what's wrong. But if if you fix what's wrong and you go out and break it again, then you're going to spend your whole life, your whole life, now trying to fix things that are broken. We could take that. Let's take it out of the health. Do you know what's better than needing a financial miracle? Is to be prosperous financially. But Christians go from one financial miracle to another financial miracle, never understanding the laws that govern the system of finances. God works in systems. God never meant for you to have to have a miracle all the time. He wants you to live the life of Christ. Let me ask you a question. Did Jesus, while he was here on earth and he faced all the ugliness of fallen human nature, did he, I'm talking about himself, I'm not talking about what he did for other people, Talking about for himself. Did he ever have to have a miracle? And there's nothing wrong with miracles. Don't miracles get you even. Okay? But Jesus lived the life of the Father on earth. That's what he came to do is to give you his life. And if you don't understand these systems and what laws that make these systems work, then you're always going to have to have a miracle. Now, don't misunderstand me. I've needed miracles in my life, and I'll need some in the future. Okay? So I don't want you to think that I am against miracles. What I am telling you is you can get to a point that you can live the miraculous life daily. Not something that, well, we've done everything we know to do except, you know, we'll say this. Ain't nothing else to do but pray. Well, why didn't you pray to begin with? Then you wouldn't have wasted your time doing all the other things that don't work. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. You found Genesis chapter 1. I gave you plenty of time to find the beginning of the book. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void. and Darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said. Now watch this phrase. God said something. Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. The evening and the morning were the first day. Now, here's what I want you to see. I'm to emphasize something. I hinted around it, and I feel like that I need to touch it today. This word be is a very important word. Very, very important. I told a whole series on it a number of years ago called be being be being Jesus said, "I must be about my father's business." what does he mean? I must be being about my father's business i don't i don't my life my life is not centered around other stuff that ain't about my father's business. Okay? And let's jump to verse 14. We're going to go to the fourth day. And God saw, uh, said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. This is to help us to measure time to know timing. And let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so, to give light where? Upon the earth. That's very important. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also, and he set them in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. To rule over the day and over the night, to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. The evening and the morning were the first Or the fourth day. Now, notice what he said in verse fourteen, and God said, "Let there be. Let there be." Now, here's what it actually means. In the Hebrew, it means to come about, to abide, or to come into being. So, when God created the the sun, the moon, and the stars, He said. Son, come into being and abide being. Did you hear that? Wake up about right now. He said, come into being and abide in being. To this day, thousands of years later, the sun is abiding in its being. Remember, remember what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will, and it'll be done unto you. But the condition is, you have to be being in the word, so the word can be being in you. How many times did we pray where there's no being in the word the word is what makes the sun come into the being into being and abide in that being that word spoken sun be moon be stars be your life as a believer in Christ does not consist Of meat and drink, Jesus said. It consists of you being who you're called to be. When we say, for example, and I'm going to use this for an example. If I say that I am a carpenter, that's not what you are. Are you are you following me? That may be some things you do, but that's not what you are. You have it's the same way here. If we don't get these understandings, we can't use these laws effectively. I don't love food. If you if you go around saying I love food, you'll know, you'll be attracted to food. It's misplaced love. I don't love my house. I like my house. I like it very well. But I don't love it. I'm in love with my wife, not my house. That house could burn down. I got my wife. Amen. Right. Amen. Are you following me? And, and, and some people are going to say, well, you're just trying to be picky, Pastor. Well, go ahead and live that loose, goosey life where you have no discipline to your thoughts and understanding or the words of your mouth. And I guarantee you, you'll lose, you'll lose your ability to control your actions. And your actions have to be controlled. Amen. Now, let's go to James chapter 1. This is where I really want to go. We're talking about the law of liberty. James chapter 1. And I'll read uh, probably starting with verse number 12. I may read through 25 and then come back and begin to divide it, okay? Let's see if we can do that. How many of you are praying that I can leave, read those verses without stopping? Okay, verse number uh, 12 of chapter one. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he's tempted I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. But when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin, and when sin is finished, it brings forth death. These are not the days anymore. We're the body of Christ, and when I say the body, I'm including all of us now, where we can play these games with ourselves. There's too much at stake. God is saying, I've turned this whole world upside down. I've allowed these things to happen so you can do some examina- examination." Yes, there's deception in Washington. But that wouldn't have taken place had there not been deception in the body of Christ. The church is the, the, the how would I say? The church is the force by which God put here on earth to keep wickedness in its place. Instead of let it run rapid. And so God says, what you've done is you've looked at my word, but you've looked at your word, my word and you've focused on the person behind you. Now let's turn that mirror around and focus on you and let's get your act together. It's crucial that every believer gets their spiritual act together now. America is in trouble. But it's in trouble because the church didn't take seriously what God said. We go to church... We hear the Word of God and we don't apply any of it to ourselves. Let me me give you an example. Let's suppose that you have a house that needs to be painted. Your house needs to be painted. And you go to Home Depot or you're, and you get the very color that you want. You get all the stuff that you want and, you, and you, you buy it and you put it, you bring it to the house. But how many of you know it doesn't matter how much you paid for the paint. It doesn't matter how much you like the color. It doesn't matter how much you put into buying the best paintbrush. That house still ain't painted. Are you following that? That's what we've done in the body of Christ. We go to church, we hear the word of God, and we grab the things that are necessary to succeed or to live the life of Christ. But we don't apply it when we get home. How many of you? Know, how many of you ever had to paint your house? How many of you ever painted it yourself? Inside or out. I'll, I'll put it like that. Okay. Most of us. How many of you know it's work? It's effort. It's time consuming. Okay. Here's the point that I want you to see. One of the greatest lies that has ever been perpetrated by the devil is to make you think There is no application to these laws that govern the new creation. James says it right here. Who gets deceived? Those that hear and don't do. And then we want to know, why did God do this? No. No. God told you weeks, months, sometimes, some cases, years and decades ago. Just like I I heard of a man, and I won't, I got to be careful how I say this. And this is what he's doing. I'm confessing. I'm going to live to be 100. I'm confessing. I'm confessing. I'm confessing. I'm confessing. I'm going to be 100. I'm going to live to be 100. And guess what? He died in his 70s suddenly. You know why he died in his 70s suddenly? He was probably 50 to 100 pounds overweight, and he kept cheating with what the doctor said to do about getting that stuff off of your body. And then some Christian will come along, well, I just don't know why God took him. God didn't take him, he did not apply the principle to which he was confessing. He didn't apply the truth, he didn't apply the law. Faith is an action word. You have to follow through with it with action. That's why you gotta talk to yourself you got to tell self, you're not going to go this direction. If you don't, then one day you're going to wake up in heaven and say, how, how come I got here so quick? Now, I know this is challenging. I had these challenges in my own life. Don't, don't look at me like I'm telling you something that you don't know. I have to apply this stuff myself. And I'm going to tell you right now, my flesh don't like it. You know what I found out? Flesh don't like the truth. You know what? It loves to be appeased. Whoo, man, I told you I was no nonsense. It loves to be appeased. So what we're going to do, we're going to come in and we're going to appease each other's flesh and try to make each other feel good instead of getting down to the root cause that could change my life forever. Listen, I, I want my life to change. Now I know that, uh, here again, I'm not mad at you. I'm just, I'm telling you straight out. You cannot expect something different in Washington. If you keep voting in the same direction you have been voting for for decades. And say, well, God's not interested in politics. Baby killers? All right. I wish Pastor Zona would preach next Sunday. I heard it. Where do you think I got most of this stuff from? Look at verse 25. Here's the good news. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Do you know what perfect means here? It means maturity. And continues therein. Everybody say continue. It's not because I looked at it one time and I got one thing straight. No, you got to continue to look. And being not a forgetful hearer. But a doer of the, not the word, but the what? Work. Every system that's going to function has to work the laws that govern it. Okay? Has to work the laws. The, the, let me put it another way. The opposite of law is lawlessness. Have we not seen that in our society in the last 18 months to two years? In fact, there are still portions of our society here in America where the lawlessness is running rampant and we're rewarding it. Anybody that tries to enforce the law now has become public enemy number one. How did that get there? Because we've not understood there are laws that govern every system. And the body of Christ has has taken the grace message and we've trampled on it. Grace itself means God's influence. And if you're really influenced by God and His Word... You will not be going around and excusing sin. Grace, God's influence doesn't lead you to sin. Do you know that in my lifetime, I'm talking about since I've been a pastor, I've had several people to come up to me in this church and tell me that God's leading them to do such and such, and it turns out that what he's leading them to do is sin. God didn't lead them to do that. And one woman one time told me, I I, I know God showed me that so-and-so is going to be my husband. Immediately when she told me, I said, that ain't God. I was that blunt with her. I said, that ain't God. I I, I was less refined back then. I said, that ain't God. I ain't going to agree with you on it. Her husband, she was married, and so was the person she's talking about married. If we're that dumb in the church, no wonder the world's stupid. I love y'all. I'm not mad at you. I'm just trying to get, we got to get our heads screwed on right. same type of people oh I felt the anointing you didn't feel nothing if it left you to go to sin you're violating you're violating the law that governs the new creation and I'm gonna prom- promise you it will come it'll, it'll, there'll, be a, there'll be a recompense let's go back to verse number 12 I'm going to try to close this out here pretty quick. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. Everybody say endure. Endure. Now I want you to get this. Endure. Remember the word be that we centered on? Endures. You're going to have to endure In other words, there's going to be things that are going to test the word of God in you. Try it. See, this stuff is not, how would I say it? This is the most rewarding life, the life of Christ. But it will be contested. I promise you, when I get up here and preach, Zona and I get up here and preach, we get contested on what we preached on. We'll be challenged. Isn't that what Goliath did to the Israelites? Hey, now just stay with this. For when he is tried, now that word tried, man, I'm excited about this word. In the Greek, it means to become. Receive being. Or begin to be. Isn't that what God said? To the sun, the moon, and the stars? Let there be. You cannot be until there's a contest. Every revelation that comes from God, I'm talking about revealed knowledge from God, will be contested. Every bit of it. Because in the contest, if you hang on to it, if you really believe it, this helps you to know whether or not you really, whether you really believe it or whether you're just giving mental assent to it. You don't believe with your head anyway. You believe with your heart, the center of your being. You hang on to the word of God no matter what the devil does or says Or the way circumstances are. That God revealed to you this truth and you hang on to it. And when you endure that time period of contest, now listen very carefully, then you're being. But if there's no contest, then mental assent is cheap. I can change my opinion tomorrow. In fact, I can give an excuse to change my opinion. Okay, like yesterday. Yesterday, the ladies had uh, a few refreshments. They were in here, and I walked. Uh, they were already in the service. In fact, the service is fix- fixing to be over, and they had some of those apple fritters. <laughs> okay, they had a bunch of them left over. <laughs> That means y'all been listening. (laughs) So, I told uh, Trey, and I think it was John was out there, and I I said, you know what? I haven't had an, you know how long it's been (laughs) since I had an apple fritter? I mean, it's been, whoa, man, well over a year, maybe longer. And so, thank God they were cut up. And I took a little apple fritter and I took a little, they had little bitty, little bitty cinnamon rolls. I took one of each and then I justified myself. Do you know how long it's been since I had one of those? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? That's not belief. That's mental assent. Belief is where you're True believing is, I, this is the truth, and I'm not letting go of it. Then I am being, being. Do you understand? I be being. I've come into what God told me in this truth. But if I just make it casual, guess what? It peels right off of me. So, it really means, I want you to get this, I receive being. That truth is called me to be being. It's brought me into being what the truth said. Now, let's read read just a little bit further down. He shall receive. That word receive means to gain, to get, obtain, take, or to get back. We need to get back to the life of Christ. Jesus paid the price so we could live like he does. It's eternal. Glory to God. Let's go a little bit further. (laughs) Go down here. I want to get this because this is too good to let go. Go down here to verse 16. Do not err, my beloved brethren. We err in this often. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. Now watch this. And comes down from the Father of lights. See, when you got born again, a light turned on in you. Your spirit is the candle of the Lord, but God sent a flame and lit your candle. And now you look through life, through your born-again spirit, you don't look at it through the dictates of fallen human nature that has trained your body. You look at it from a different standpoint. You you cannot be spirit-led if your spirit is not fed. Your spirit is to be fed the Word of God. That's why Jesus was emphatic, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. You need the word of God daily. And I'm going to say it not only daily, you need it probably four, five, six, seven times a day. You need to hear from God. How many decisions have we made based upon our own trained consciousness of the way we reason in our own mind and it was the wrong decision for the time? Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? Let me ask you another question. This is the best way I know how to illustrate it. You work 40 hours this week. On Friday, you get your paycheck. How many of you ever sat down with God and said, what do you want me to do with it? Or "Well, we we, got to pay bills. We got to do this. We got to do that. No, have you ever? What if God says, I want you to do such and such with it? Brother Ronnie, I work for that. Well, let me put it this way. God allowed you to work for it to trade your labor and your skill for it. But I want you to understand, you're breathing his breath. You could earn that paycheck and drop dead before you get home to spend it. Ooh, man. Then who's this gonna be? My spoiled rotten kids. I promise you they're not going to do it. They're not going to spend it the way I would. (laughs) Anybody? (laughs) Nate, I'm picking on you. Okay. The father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I'm going to concentrate on this one verse, and then we're going to quit. This word lights means illumination. He's the father of illumination anything that sheds light such as fire how many of you ever heard of the Holy Ghost and lamp your spirit is the lamp of the Lord we can say it another way candle is is another word that can be used in there Okay, your spirit Here's another one. Star. Stars illuminate. Okay. We've associated that if you go back for the day, last four, three or four weeks on Sundays, we've talked about that. You and I are the stars of the Lord upon the earth. And we're from heaven to give light upon the earth. To rule the darkness that is upon the earth how do we rule with the light that's in us okay it also means listen carefully god is light these are uh, these are uh, metaphorically speaking god is light and it refers to god uh, absolutely but it refers to truth Metaph- metaphorically, it means light is, is, is truth and knowledge with spiritual purity associated with it. That's what light is. The third metaphor is that which exposes to view of all openly and publicly. You don't light a candle and put it under a bushel, Jesus said. You put it up there to give light to everybody. Metaphorically, it means reason or mind. The power of understanding, especially moral and spiritual truth. Moral and spiritual truth. So God is absolute, and he's given you his absolute understanding. It's absolute. Everybody say absolute. absolute. A number of years ago, I had some friends that I was, we was having a deep conversation, and in that conversation, they were talking about all their opinions that went 50 different directions and so on and so forth. Some of them were making excuses. They were, they were, some of them were just teasing me to uh, you know, see where I stood. When I got through, I said, just, I want to say this all to you. I say this with all humility, but I want to say it all to you. All of y'all have a right to be wrong. (laughs) Because that's not what the Bible says. And they knew it. You know, they were agging me on. But my point was, y'all have a right to be wrong. The world has a right to be wrong. But just because they have a right doesn't mean we want them to be wrong. Are you following me? Now, let me give you these last, last two. You're, 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 I know I, somebody's really deeply praying. <laughs> L- watch this. The Father of lights, come, every good and every perfect gift comes from above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness. That word variableness means fickleness. You cannot look at God as someone who can get all, out of bed on the wrong side. We act like that if we get a miracle from God, that God got up on the right side of the bed today. No, that's you. That's me. That's not God. He's absolute. If there's anybody that's constant and consistent, it's him. The last word here is the word Shadow. That word shadow there means shady. God's not shady with his intentions and purposes. He's not obscure. He lets you know right up front. Now, this word liberty means that we're talking about the law of liberty. It means true liberty is living as one should, not as one's flesh pleases. Liberty frees us to omit the things that have nothing to do with our salvation. Did you hear that? Liberty frees us to omit things that have nothing to do with our salvation. Liberty also frees us to do the things that are associated with our salvation. Everybody say do. Do. I want you to get that, do. It's not just acknowledging something's right, it's doing the right. And let me tell you, it's not going to be convenient. And the world's not going to make it easy. In fact, they may mock you. They may make fun of you. I've been made fun of many times, even in my, my uh, high school years, being made fun of. And let me tell you, when they find out your dad's a preacher, they really hassle you. That's why a lot of preacher's kids have backslidden They don't like that mockery. You know, uh, I'll tell you this, and I'm gonna gonna pray for you, all right? Y'all ready to be prayed for? I'll never forget, I was working construction one time for my father-in-law. And uh, he'd send me to these jobs, and a particular job, there was one superintendent over the whole construction site, And he knew, number one, I was Pat Bentley's son-in-law. And so he's going to arrest me for that. But then when he found out my dad was a preacher, that gave him double the ammunition. So he'd always catch me in front of everybody and then start questioning. me. He'd never do this by himself. He'd always do it in front of everybody and then make everybody, you know, have everybody laugh. And he said, Ronnie, I understand your dad's a preacher. And I said, yes, sir. I knew what was coming. Because I'm in, I'm in the construction trailer with all these other supervisors. And I said, yes, sir, that's true. And then he says, uh, so you believe in God? And I said, yes, sir, I do. He looked at me and he says, how can you believe in something you you, you don't see. You don't. How can you believe in God and you can't, you can't see him? How do you know he's real? And, and he was waiting. He was waiting just so he could get a laugh. And here's my response. I said, do you have a brain? And he said, yes, I do. How do I know you have one? <laughs> I don't see it. He never did that to me again. And he told my father-in-law about it. I found out years later. He, he, told, he said, yeah, he never, he'd always remind me of that. Here's the point. The world's going to do that to you. The life of Christ is not for sissies. But is well worth living it. Amen. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the law of liberty. Help us to continue to look into your word. The law of liberty, it liberates us. Father, when we see things that the devil has lied to us about, that we've taken hook, line, and sinker, and we've implemented it into our lives, Father, help us not to be defensive against you, but help us to submit to the truth that's going to set us free. To where we, you've called us and you've paid the price, Jesus, for us to live your good life. And we can't live your good life if we're going around trying to fit into this world system that opposes your new creation. Forgive us. Correct us. Instruct us in that in the ways of your righteousness. Help us to have spiritual fortitude on the inside of us that'll make us stand and make us be what you called us to be. To be being it. Not to talk about it. Not to gather on Sundays to make each other feel comfortable about missing it but help us to really help us to really realize that we can live this life it can be lived your word is not only believable it's livable We can live the life of Christ. Even in this stubborn, stiff-necked, rebellious generation, we can live that life. And that's what they need to see. Father, we thank you for the law of liberty. We give you the praise right now. Now, Lord, we thank you right now that any person that has an habitual behavior habit, that that habit that that they're hooked on, whether it be food, whether it be money, whether it be whether it be uh, cigarettes, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be sex, whatever it is, we're we're hooked, we're 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 baited, and we're we're we haven't. We haven't endured that temptation. Father, I thank you right now. The spirit of that thing would be broken in our lives so we could live the good life. We want to be spirit led, we don't want to be sensual driven. Thank you, Father, for the spirit of liberty as we apply your word in our daily living, Father, we thank you. You're going to give us victory after victory after victory after victory after victory victory because you always cause us to triumph with the life of Christ. Now, Lord, I speak healing to those that need healing. I speak peace to those that are tormented in their souls. I speak a spirit of joy where there's been grief in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be made whole. Be joyful. Be at peace in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Would you stand with me right now? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you as we leave this place today. That your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. Thank you, Father, that we will hear your voice. Say this with me. I will hear his voice. And the voice of another, I will not follow. Father, you have given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us your name to invoke, which every knee must bow to that name. Right now, we invoke the name of Jesus and we declare. Say it with me. I declare. I declare. In the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Now, say this with me. Father, fill me full of your love wherever I go in my daily life. Every person I come in contact with, your love would just ooze out of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Give somebody a high five and say, I'm be being." Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.